this word came to me when I was reading the Bible and God raised so many new questions for me. Many things have to be changed, fixed, and we have to keep seek, looking into the foundation. If we are standing firm on the foundation of God's word, I want to read some uh, verses from the Bible. Gospel of Matthew, uh, chapter 7. Um, so many, from verse 22, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name cast out demons, and in your name perform many miracles. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you, leave me, you who practice lawlessness. Therefore, everyone who has these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against that house. And yet it did not fall, for it had been founded on the rock. And there was another foolish man who built his house on the sand. And when the rains and flood came, his house collapsed. And whoever is building, the most important thing is the foundation. It will be the, the whole house will depend on the foundation if it's firm, if it's strong, and even the ground on which it has been built. The foundation is the gospel that has been preached, proclaimed by Jesus, by Paul, Peter, all the disciples. In the, and it's written uh, on the paper. We have it today in the Bible. It has survived for these 2,000 years, and it reached us. And we have to keep checking, have these checks. If the gospel that has been preached by Paul, is this the gospel that I have believed in? Is this gospel that I accepted? But you see the gospel that is so popular today that crowds are following is really strong. It's really appealing to our body. It's even being quoted, things are quoted from the Bible, uh, but as you s compare it to the words of Paul, to the gospel, the raw gospel of Paul and Jesus, it's really far away from that. Please understand that God wants to save every single person. He doesn't want anyone to perish. Jesus cared about that one soul. He noticed that one soul that were seeking him in the crowds, the soul that was crying out, that was with big faith approaching him. And we have this tendency for big crowds, for even though 
we have these um, we have these verses we have certain places in the Bible that say let's say first letter of John 1519 it says do not love this world or anything of this world because if you love the world God's love is not in you and because this world is passing through and all its temptations um, but those who do the God's will will live forever Jesus says this is the last hour and the Antichrist is coming here I want to ex stress out that it talks here about the state of heart, your thinking, your mindset, your values. When it mentions the world, it talks about the world's values. You we can clearly see when you look TV, when you look at what is being advertised, is this emptiness of the world, is desires, passions, Prides, um, and we can acknowledge that many times it looks tempting, it looks quite nice to our eyes, and it's easy to, to give in to think, Oh, I want that, I want this. And now we're going to read from Malachi Malachi 3 14. You have said. It is pointless to serve God. And what benefit is it for us that we have done what he required and that we have walked in mourning before the Lord of armies? So now we call the arrogant blessed. Not only are the doers of wickedness built up, but they also put God to the test and escape punishment. And... Later on, God says, they will be mine. Fear the Lord and esteem his name. And they will be mine, says the Lord of armies, on the day that I prepare. And if we sometimes meet these Christians, and when we meet them, we share their lives, we share each other's lives, and we just talk about how somebody bought a new house, how they got a raise at work, and these things are not bad from themselves, but they have to stand in the right place, in the right position, in the right values. So, for certain people, success can be either good or bad thing. And many people choose to walk this wide path. On the wide path, you can even you can even ride a car. You can sit in comfort. You can sit in relaxation and comfort. Mm, 
depressed, accelerate some. It's all this American dream. And in the flesh, when we live, we always have temptation for this comfort and things to be easy. Our eyes see, ears hear, and we want these things. You got married, you have healthy, beautiful children, um, you have successful work, a lot of money. Have you been in this place where you see somebody's life and you compare yourself, saying, I serve God, I pray, I, I really seek Him, and I don't have all these things. I don't have. When we are, when we experience it ourselves, when this lifestyle is introduced for us as a gospel, as a part of gospel, where it's, it's introduced as all the, your desires, all your hopes, dreams will be fulfilled. How? In the name of Jesus. And it's really happy. It's a happy message. It's good to hear. It's so pleasing for our flesh. It's giving you like a sparkle in, in your body. Some kind of gives new motivation. You can be on fire. You can feel inspired by God. But you see, nothing. something doesn't happen how you want it. And you fall into some kind of disappointment, de depression, sadness. Um, and you see, you can go up and down like this, up and down until you reach the point where the enemy succeeds to harden your heart before God until the end. And God has been so good to me, and I have seen so many good, one of these added things. It will be added. It's a good thing. It will be, so basically, uh, if you are fighting for that work, if you're giving all your efforts, if you give all, and you, if you keep praying day and night, it doesn't seem like it's one of these things that are added. It seems like something you were seeking, you were chasing, uh, you were fighting for it. But Jesus is saying, if these things that will be added to us, it shouldn't be something that we sweat for, that we that we really think that it really occupies every single minute of our lives, that we worry about it, that we think about it, we are anxious about it constantly. But I'm not encouraging us to be completely lazy and do nothing, just sit and see God's kingdom. But it just means that we will peace, we will be in peace, we will sleep in peace because God has promised to that you will never be hungry. I will give you food, I will give you clothes, you will have where to live, and that gives you peace. That you can just wait. God promised, God has promised, He will look after me, but. 
it comes just on time. It comes when you need it. And God's purpose is not to fill your belly with delicious, the most delicious food to make you full, but his most desired thing is that our hearts are purified, that our hearts are saved, that our hearts are fully delivered. Things that are precious to us, um, that God knows what really, really are attached to, what's important to us in our lives. And God will use these things to build your character. For example, God and even the devil knew that my children, their happiness, their pain was some, something of my weakness, that I was really worried. I said to, to Jesus, I will walk for after you, I will follow you. And whatever I go through, even the fire or joy, sadness or happiness, I, I, I was just reminding me to trust in God because He cares for me and my children. Whether I don't see it today, maybe my children were doing something that I didn't want them to do. They were making bad choices, but I had to trust in God. I couldn't let this occupy my whole day, my whole night, all these thoughts and worries. And if we stand on God, His promise, it will keep us, we will go through. One of these statements, mm, this is the truth that we are using in our Christian communities about God's goodness, how it's being introduced, is that God keeps doing goodness after goodness and whatever you prayed, it happened, you got it. Maybe you do some something, uh, you do sin, but His grace is covering it. His goodness is still pouring out. You see, if this has been truth, All these first uh, disciples, followers of Jesus, when I read about their lives, how they lived, I don't see much of um, this goodness that nowadays Christians are trying to introduce. I see that they have been thrown stones at, they have been imprisoned. They have lost their homes. They were proclaiming Jesus and they were eventually, they had to lose their lives for Jesus. And if you compare it to how nowadays the gospel is being preached, you see that it's so far away from this experience that the first Christians had. And if we are giving excuses to God because I can't do this, I can't go and approach people, I can't minister now because I am in need of new shoes now, I need to go shopping, I need a new car, I need to work extra hours. 
I want to earn for that big holiday. But don't get me wrong, I'm not against these things, and they can be good if they are with good motives and if they're at the right time. Um, there has been a big revival in Ukraine just before the war started. They have been really big numbers have been growing in Ukraine of believers, of churches, people have been, they actually inspired other nations, uh, preachers from Ukraine were traveling and then suddenly war came, it just fell on them and we could say, did they have little faith? Did they do something wrong? Is God punishing them? But maybe we are just give. Um, we don't understand fully the how it works. Um, and one story, uh, another story about a man in the village who really wanted to buy a horse, and he was saving many days. He was saving for that new horse, and all the villages when they saw that he managed to buy the new horse they were saying wow what a joy what success um, and one day the son of the man who had a gore horse uh, his son was riding in the horse and he fell off and he hurt himself to the point where he became disabled and all the village people, the villagers, neighbors were saying, wow, this horse is some kind of curse. Um, it's some kind of trouble. He would have been better off without this horse. And one day, the new came, news came to the village that this, the war has started and ev all the men are being called to duty to serve in military to go in war, in war and fight and uh, that young man who couldn't go to fight he was with his parents and he stayed home with them he saved his life in this way and then the villagers were saying well after all this horse has been a blessing so I don't know how the story ended, but um, what I'm trying to say is how we all see something and we're so quick to judge, so quick to give um, conclusions on other people's lives. But let's be, um, finish reading from Malachi. And they will be mine, says the Lord of armies, on the day that I prepare my own possession, and I will have compassion for them, as a man has compassion for his own son who serves him. So you will again distinguish between the righteous and the wicked, between the one who serves God and the one who does not serve him. God promises that 
He will give. That we have to be patient, and he will make distinguish. He will distinguish. Um, that has to be our focus. That has to be our vision. Um, not to concentrate on these uh, things that are empty today in this world, that we do not put all of our importance on them. Even in churches, there can be so many emptiness when people are counting how big uh, is my church, how great is my worship, how great is my building that we can attract uh, believers, we can attract people with trendy looks, with fashionable uh, outlook. If you preach the message that you say you will be rich, you will have everything you ever desired, don't you think your church will be full? Don't you think people will come to hear this message? Yes, you will have crowds, you will have crowds in your church, but if you ever start talking, just like Jesus touched the crowds, um, when he said, you know, it's not about miracles, if they need it, they will happen, but it's not about miracles. But I really tr desire your heart. I just want to be with you. I so want to show you heaven. I want to hold you in my hands. Just that you and me are friends and we walk together. I teach you. You follow me and learn from me. And I have given my life, even if it's for that one soul. He has not kept his life even for one soul to be saved. We will be, you and me, um, together, this perfect relationship, trust, and I will give you this strength even to walk through the, the trials and um, through the trials in your life, through the hard days. I paid the price, I paid the cost so that we can be together. Will that be enough for you? Is that enough for you? And the vast majority of people walked away. They disappointed, they realized it's not what they were looking for and they walked away from Jesus. And only the small minority remains, the faithful followers, the faithful disciples. When they could say to Jesus, you are, you are what we desire. You yourself, we are seeking. Because we know that you have the, the bread of life. We know that you are the living water that can only satisfy our our soul, our spirit. It can give that full satisfaction, the true fulfillment. Because then you know 
whether you see miracles or not, whether you have much or not so much, but you will be alive. You will, you will be alive in your spirit. You will be directly connected to God where the life flows from Him, His life eternal flows. You will be connected to the source of life, Jesus Christ, where it doesn't matter anymore if you go through fire because your vision, your sight is fixed on Jesus, is fixed on His promises. Let's, I encourage us to stop to um, do the sorts of witchcrafts and motivational um, chants that nowadays we are encouraged to proclaim our own success. You see, when sometimes what we experience as Christians, maybe you will be rejected even in your own family, just like Jesus said, you will be rejected because of my name. There will be a division from you and the world, from your values and other people's values. You might come into confrontation. You might not be praised and loved because of your faith, because of your what's your, your foundation. I want to encourage you to stand firm until the end. So one of our family friends, they bought a house a few days ago. They were knew they were in need. It was like a big journey, ups and downs, asking and praying. You see other people get it easily. And for them, something didn't work. And even if they had money, something in the end got uh, not according to the plan. And I asked her, how do you feel now as you have this house, as you finally got it? And she was saying, you know, when we came, there were so issues with the house, the, the, the builders left rubbish, so now we have to organize the, some sort of another additional works to be done. And so I'm just thinking, and she was also thinking, okay, where is that joy that I thought I will have? this kind of feeling of finally I'm free, I have it, uh, that's all I needed. It finally gives you that satisfaction and fulfillment. But when you finally reach it, you see, oh well, um, now I have other problems, now I have <laughs> My life goes on, and now I need something else. Now I need more. But what? Of course, they are grateful. But we are really glad and happy to know that, despite the circumstances, you can be happy. This day, today, in Jesus Christ, you can have life 
that comes from him. And not the external things um, show your spirituality, your, the size of your faith. Um, but the, the first most important thing, just how the song goes, I will become little and Jesus will become bigger in my life. And the first sign that you're growing in Jesus, that you're walking that narrow path, is that less of you and more of Jesus. Maybe you began with these expectations that I will overcome the world, I will achieve everything, I will be known, I will be famous. Mm. Crowds will flow into my church. They will say, what a great church. Such a nice message. But maybe God wants me to start from one person on Woolwich Street. Maybe that one person that is my neighbor. And our uh, heart is saying, I have hands, I have legs, I have mouth. If you want to use me, God, use me. Show me where do you want me to, to be today? What do you want me to do? Say, when we are new Christians, we always are so fresh to teach one another to, we know what to say to every situation in other person, people's lives. We are saying, mm, he is right, he is wrong. He is far from God, he is close. And when we grow, when we grow as Christians spiritually, um, we say, okay, this I don't understand. Something, I thought that I understood, I thought I knew, I thought I know everything. But the more you grow, the more you go deep, and you understand you have more questions. Maybe me as pastor, I just have to hold on to God and say, please teach me because I don't understand it anymore. I need your guidance and the yeah, so the, the sign of your growing in spirit is that you there will be less of you and more of him, more of Jesus. And God wants to free us from ourselves. And in the world, it's really popular movement. Who I am, what is my um, purpose, discover yourself. Yes, we know you are a man or a woman, but our question that we have to ask, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus and who, 
What does he want in my life? What does he want to do in my life? How can he use me? But still, even when we become Christian, we uh, think what nice gifts God will give me, how will he bless me, um, that maybe he will give me some amazing ministry where we all constantly f maybe still think of popularity, being noticed in church, being praised, and but God, Jesus had this, uh, the heart of servant. He came to serve. He came to wash feet of others and die for others. And that's the heart of us, the heart of servants. That there will be less of us, more of him. And our character will become more like Jesus if we keep coming back to flesh side, flesh desires, if it affects us, if it's, we base our decisions on our flesh desires, then don't say that you're m mature in spirit. I want to share a story to, to end. Last week I heard a story that one couple had been offered to buy an abandoned home that they could re uh, refurbish and they can sell for more and get more money and have such a business. And instantly they felt joys like spark in their heart and they would sit down and they started talking, saying, we have small children but buying and refurbishing the house is such a big work. It will take all of our time, all of our free time. And we decided that we will not do it. They decided not to go with it because of how much time it will consume, that their children need parents, their children need attention, love, spending time, and they chose to go with good values, with what they basically stand, chose to stand with their true values that were family, time with family, that can never be uh, replaced by the amount of toys, the amount of things you can give to your child. They just need your true time, true attention. And while the worship team com comes on stage, I feel this in my heart that God is awakening the, the heart of church. I have certainty that we will see his glory. That's not a person, but God can do. We will see God's work. I believe that I thank you, God, that you are guiding us into that freedom that Jesus gave for us on the cross. He paid his life for that freedom that we can have. And please forgive us if we were chasing something beside you. We were chasing and 
Please forgive me if I had wrong expectations. Please help me to trust in you, to remind myself that you are with me. You will never leave me or forsake me. That you are always with me. It doesn't matter if I'm sad or happy, if I'm going through struggles, dark days or happy days. You are there with me. And maybe there are people who are disappointed today, who are introduced with the gospel that says, you will get everything, your desires and dreams will be satisfied. And they slowly drift apart, drift away from God because they become disappointed, because they they lose uh, faith. I encourage us, I pray, that Christ, Jesus Christ is enough for us, that he satisfies, he, fulf he fulfills, he gives that uh, fulfillment in our hearts that we are filled with his spirit and we say, this is enough for me, just your presence, being close to you, Jesus. And if we are faithful, the, he will reward us when the time comes. He will give us that um, eternal reward, just like this hope and faith that all the apostles, all the disciples had, and they remained strong in faith. They remained unshaken from their foundation. And you always were faithful. You were always faithful to your promises. When the world was looking at Paul, who was in prison, who, uh, who was worshipping you, singing, praising you, you were with him. You were close like no, no other. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you for this hope, for this trust, this promise. In Jesus' name.